Had to. Had to. Happy September. Uh, I didn't really know what else to do, so that went with the basic uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> hey, the elements, man. Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yes, Definitely sir. thought it was November. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the song. Oh, you thought the title of the song was November? <laughs> I mix it up in my head really bad. <laughs> I mean, most of the months rhyme. You, you, it could have been November. They could have gone with December. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd have been funny if they did like October. Yeah, and right. the song totally flopped. <laughs> yeah. Like same song, it just nobody liked it because it was October. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I never learned my months in elementary school, so I still struggle with them. To this day, uh, I have to do the thirty days have September, April, June, November. If I'm trying to figure out how many days are in a month, I still couldn't tell you without doing the little nursery rhyme. <laughs> yeah, and I never learned that, so I can only tell you by looking at a calendar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm even a step ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find myself doing it all the time. Um, <laughs> every once in a um, while, too, if I, uh, this is really dumb of me. Um, sometimes uh, I have to look at my hands to figure out which wh- which direction is left and which direction is right. Because, you know, if you, you know, your left hand makes the L, your right hand does not. So every once in a while I come back to that. I'm like left. OK, yeah, that's this way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I kind of have to, too. I'm still not convinced I could spell February correctly. <laughs> Try like, it right now. My, uh, I, I mean, F-E-B. R-U-A-R-Y? Nailed it. Nailed it. Because <laughs> I'm like gun to my head. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making it out of that, to be honest with you. Uh, it's dangerous that we have a podcast. I it, Microphone you, microphones should be treated like guns. <laughs> you should sign a waiver. You should go through a background process. Yep. Like They should not just hand these things out. So, so true. Uh, Oh my gosh, man. Welcome back. Um, Episode 96. We are getting even closer. Um, We took a few weeks off just because I've been super busy with shit. So get over it. Yeah, Mitch took a few weeks Uh, off. (laughs) Uh, But it was nice. Um, Did you enjoy your little break? Yeah. I mean, I must admit, like the whole reason I think we wanted to kind of wrap up the podcast here is I think there's just, you know, we we have other fucking things we want to do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's... It's kind of nice. Um, I, I'm, but I have, I have, I have missed talking to Mitch though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch has done a lot of cool stuff. I've done nothing. I've been playing a lot of Destiny again. Um, woo! <laughs> um, but uh, Mitch has some cool stuff that he's been doing. So um, I'm very curious for him to get us updated. I'm only slightly aware of uh, little busy boy. Yeah, and what he's been up to. Yeah, you asked me about my vacation. I said let's save it for the podcast. Because uh, yes, that's pretty we, much we, our friendship now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man, if we ain't recording it, why are we talking? <laughs> exactly. I'll monetize see you next this week. friendship, baby. <laughs> yeah, monetize it, baby. Um, okay, well, I did want to ask you. Um, oh, go ahead. So, uh, I, I asked you to. I, I told you to listen to a podcast that reply all podcast. Um, did you? You texted me about it a little bit. The one about uh, Team Fortress. I did. Um, so yeah, reply, reply all had a, had an episode about the bot crisis and, and team fortress too. And it was really funny. 
the way text the way Mitch texted me because it was just like, hey, have you ever played TF2? Reply all, and I'm like, yes, and I can't fucking play it now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it, awesome fucking episode. Um, yeah, it was really it was, good. I didn't know really anything about. I've never played Team Fortress Two. I didn't know there was a sort of crisis where it's basically unplayable now. Um, yeah. But I figured that you would probably know. Um, and even though I didn't, I, I'd never played it. Um, I I really enjoyed that episode. Um, pr- pr- primarily, the reason I wanted to tell you about it is because um, the host, just like hearing him talk about his relationship with Team Fortress, um, yeah. was very similar to the way you talk about video games. Um, and the end of it he like got to play team fortress and a group of people that he'd never played with before um and it was really just kind of a beautiful ending um that i thought you would really appreciate it was kind of it almost made me emotional and i'm not even like a big gamer so i thought you would like that aspect of it i did i really did i need to listen to reply all more because it's a really good podcast it's really well done yeah yeah and uh no that's exactly what i loved about it and i and i really appreciated that like he talked about that relationship with video games Mm -hmm. i think the reason that like him and possibly myself care so much is that video games is just like a constant so no matter how bad life gets i'm gonna like play halo Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so halo has always been there for me good or bad Mm -hmm. so it's 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 hard when people like don't have that it's it's kind of like why everybody gives a shit about the office right (laughs) because everyone watched that show throughout their life whether they were sick or you know a lot of people watch it like in very depressive it's also very topical for the episode so this is hilarious yeah exactly you know people use the office and and you know some people watch the office you know i play video games when i'm having a bad day and when the and the main interesting that's so interesting with the bot crisis in tf2 is like it's pretty much being attacked so it's kind of you know i could definitely empathize with the anger of you know and just that that heavy frustration because they're kind of taking that away from mm-hmm. people and you know that's that's a hard pill to swallow but yeah. i was very into it i would love to have an entire podcast where that's what i did every <laughs> yeah. week just I, I would love that yeah internet gaming mysteries <clears throat> yeah. that's what i want to you know you totally should yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> um but yeah no it was it was really cool check out reply all there have been two episodes now that have blown my mind yeah <laughs> so i should definitely listen to that podcast more yeah most definitely super good um alrighty, let's get into uh what you drank in oh shit yeah here start us off well here okay plot <laughs> twist mitch you ever drink bang <laughs> uh, i can't say i have actually have um, you ever mainline cocaine into your eyeballs <laughs> is that what it feels like <laughs> yeah a little bit okay because I have done both. Um, I got to get my beer. But <laughs> okay. I definitely, I, I, I want to say this was the first time I was late to the podcast and maybe ever. Yeah, I mean, you were sleeping. You slept until 11. You were a little sleepy boy. That's all right. Yeah, I was a little, I was a little sleepy sleepy. Um, so I definitely ran down to the gas station and got a bang. And I have been chugging this thing <laughs> to come back alive. But um that is okay. okay. Um, okay. Yes, okay. I, you go get your beer. I will get us started, and by that I mean I will actually say something this time. Um, 
uh we won't have to edit this out um so i am drinking um i went to the liquor store and i was surprised uh, happily surprised to see that they had uh, a rheingeist beer that i'd never had before um it's called glow it's a fruited sour beer i think it's new i've seen it on their social media um it is a uh, it is a fruit forward and refresh refreshingly tart not refreshingly that'd be pretty uh, gross <laughs> This fruited sour ale illuminates palates with a bright blend of uh, acai, prickly pear, and passion fruit flavors highlighted with a hint of sea salt. Glow emits a flavorful, aromatic epiphany. That's a lot of words. Um, I'm not super into sour beers, um, but um, I... uh, I, I, you know, I'm a big Ryan guy sucker fanboy, so I had to had to try it. So, um, <clears throat> I I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, yeah. Um, it How is, it? is it's really it's actually really good. Um, it's got kind of a cool red tint to it. It's almost almost looks like more of a cider. Um, as far as sour beers go, I think they did a really good job um, with kind of reining in the sour because I've had sour beers that taste like sweet tarts, and that's not what you want. That's not a good flavor yeah. profile for a beer. Um, yeah. This is pretty tame. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I would say 7 out of 10. Would drink again. So 7 out of 10 fruits. Yeah, yeah, 7 out of 10 fruits. Yeah. That don't need to be in beer. Exactly. Yeah. Like acai. <laughs> acai. Yeah. <laughs> I really want there to be like some trendy LA brewery, and it's just like try our new quinoa IPA. <laughs> Not that I. I just eat. There's no reason not to be healthy. I'm just saying, do we need to eat quinoa? Oh. Uh, fuck. Quin- <laughs> I can't even say it. Why am I going to eat it? It's uh, quinoa, actually. That's a character I'm working on. It's the guy that's just so confident and so wrong. Wrong, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's loosely based off of every American I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> it's loosely based off everybody. Um uh, all right, uh, so mine, I'm only kind of excited about, this was kind of a, when you buy a beer that's in the door of a gas station, free, you know, cooler, <laughs> Yeah. I, I, who knows, you know, mm. it's a gamble, but that's why I do it. Uh, I live Moss. Yeah. You know. <laughs> TM, um, trademark. <laughs> t- TM, trademark. Um, I have Angry Orchards Peach Mango Cider. Ooh, that actually sounds really good. Sorry, hold on. I have Angry Orchards Hard Fruit Cider Peach Mango. Damn. Okay, that's a lot of words. There's a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to. I don't know where to start. Um, but because I've I've learned over the years, also it just looks like a beer. Yeah. 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 So that's a good <laughs> sign. Uh, a lot of people don't like Angry Orchard, and I always have. It always gives me heartburn. But I always like Angry Orchard. Uh-huh. Not a lot. Of, I've I've just learned not as many people do as I thought. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but I would try that peach mango. I'm all about it. I'm all about those fruity flavors. I'm basic as they come. Yeah, um, it, it's good. It does taste like actual peaches. I almost wish the mango wasn't there. The mango's kind of making it weird. Hmm. Interesting. No, but it's good. It's good. It doesn't really taste like beer, um, which I guess may, might be the point. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that everyone used to drink Angry Orchard, and that was kind of the 
It was the white claw of its day. It, oh, that's a really good, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good summation. Yeah. There was you a time I mean? when everybody was obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, now it just, you know, the people have moved on because these are. Th- this has given me that malt liquor vibe. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's the flavor I'm getting. It's not the mango. It yeah. Has a, yeah. It has a grain alcohol flavor <laughs> okay. as in malt liquor. So when you were talking about um, hipster breweries in California, it reminded me of, um, so part of my vacation, one of the first days we were there, we went to a, uh, uh, we were pretty close to like this distillery that um, I had never heard of, but we just wanted to pop in and see if it was any good. Um, they make all their own. They had like rice and whiskeys, bourbons. Um, I think they had gin. I think they did pretty much everything except for like um, so I went in. I didn't know what to get. I wanted to try some of their like liquor, though. Um, so I sit down at the table, and they don't have a menu. Why would they? Um, so I'm just like, I guess just give me an old-fashioned. Um, and uh, Erica gets some drink that ended up being pretty good. Um, and my, my, uh, my old-fashioned was pretty good. I will, I will give it that. Um, and then he brought the bill by. And it was $21. I about lost my shit right then and there. I was freaking out. $21 for an old-fashioned, and it was like this much. It's like an ounce and a half of whiskey. Yeah, no, I'm saying $21 for just my drink. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Like, luckily, the guy, before he brought us our bill, the guy was like, do you guys want another one? And I was like, no, I'm good. Imagine if I said yes. Oh, man, I would have burned that place to the fucking ground. Yeah, dude, that's... (laughs) I, I mean I, I mean I get it. You're like a you're like a micro distillery or whatever. But dude, yeah. like <laughs> it okay, if you're going to charge that much, have just a just have a a, a price to give people. Yeah, yeah. If I would have known it was twenty one dollars, I definitely would have gotten it. <laughs> or would not yeah. have gotten it. Yeah, just like just give me a shot then. Just give me like a finger of it so <laughs> yeah, I can just taste it. Exactly. Why you know, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that seems like some LA bullshit. Yeah, so that for was sure. pr- that was pretty much it. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, it reminds me of a of a joke that Dennis Leary did. That's very like boomery, but it is pretty funny. He was talking about like when micro breweries started to be a thing. It pop up in New York and shit. And he was talking about how he went to this place, said, "There's a guy behind a bar." I, I, you'd probably think what I thought, which, hey, this is a bar. And he goes up and he's like, yeah, let me get a Budweiser. And he's like, oh, we don't have that. And he's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, this is a microbrew me or a microbrewery. And he's like, well, why don't you go microbrew me up a batch of Budweiser, you fucker. That's awesome. So it's pretty boomery, but I did think it was pretty funny. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, that is pretty funny. I did. Uh, he has a bit about Starbucks where he... Uh, He's just talking about like Dunkin' Donuts. Like you make the coffee, you get the donut, you dunk the donut in the. It's in the fucking name. <laughs> and he's like, I went to Dunkin' Donuts and they had a coffee culotta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fuck is a coffee culotta? <laughs> I don't think this is how coffee was intended to be made. But that that always makes me. I always think of you when oh, I hear yeah. coffee oriented humor oh yeah most definitely um well i mean to be honest i i said i'm the most i'm as basic as they come and that is true because now that it's september um places are starting to do their uh, their pumpkin coffee drinks um and i am so into it um i literally had a starbucks pumpkin cold brew this morning um <laughs> it was Respect. so good 
Um, yeah. So, well, that's uh, that's funny that you uh, you think of uh, you think of uh, me when you think of those bullshit coffee drinks. Um, something cool I haven't told you yet. On the, our vacation, me and Erica both got tattoos. Oh, um, yeah. So I got a little. It's gonna be good for radio. I got a. Uh, Kind of hard to see with the microphone in the way, but I'll move it. It's a no, little, I got you. <clears throat> it's a porta filter from an espresso machine. Um, yeah. So now I have that coffee on me for life. So it, it super <laughs> looks like a crack pipe. <laughs> My brother thought it was a bong. So <laughs> if you're not in the know, you're like, oh, that guy. I'm pretty sure that dude's into meth in a big way. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Just a meth head gets like a a meth pipe tattooed on him, like (laughs) repping meth. Uh, What did 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 Erica have a tattoo before? No, this was her first one, and I was kind of blown away that she even did it. She was always um, kind of afraid to get one. Um, I never thought she would get one, but you know, just being in California, she wanted something special to remember the trip, so she got a little. uh, it's on her forearm. It's a palm tree and a little wave. Um, very colorful, very cute, very girly. Um, Dope. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. Dope. I, I, I still don't know if I'm ever gonna get one, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, just go to take a trip to vac- uh, take a trip to California and decide on a whim to get one like Erica did, and probably regret it the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's also pretty cost effective. Yeah. Know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Mitch. Well, we, we did what you drink and we did that. Um, I know we don't really have a lightning round for today. What, you, <laughs> what else happened on your vacation? Because I, cause you already sort of had a story when we started talking, um, to get oh, ready for the podcast. Yeah. So, so the only story I did tell you, um, was I'll say it again because it's just worth saying again. It is, um, yes. so we spent most of the week in Oceanside, which is like 40 minutes away from San Diego and like an hour and a half from LA. Um, Erica really wanted to go to San Diego really bad. I really wanted to go to LA for at least a day. I didn't want to really want to stay there because I know it's expensive and packed and too crazy for me. Um, but I wanted to go and see all the legendary shit you're supposed to see. Um, so our, fir- our our first and only LA day, um, we uh, we did it we did it totally wrong. We fucked up. We 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 knew that the the parking situation was going to be bad. Um, so I was kind of too scared of LA traffic to worry about it. So I was just like, you know what? Let's just park our car for the day, find a cheap place to park, and we'll Uber around all the places we want to go. Well, I didn't realize all the places we wanted to go were like a half hour away from each other. Um, mm. So a solid like twenty twenty five dollar Uber ride every time you wanted to travel to a different location. So I probably spent close to $150 in Uber that day, um, which is another reason we didn't go back. Um, But anyway, within the first 10 minutes of our being there, we parked the car, uh, start walking around a little bit, um, see a homeless dude taking a shit in a bucket (laughs) on the sidewalk. And that that set the tone for the rest of the day, for sure. (laughs) That's LA for you. Um, but it was cool. The, other than that, we went to I uh, went to Amoeba, the biggest record store I'd ever been in. It was amazing. Yeah. I could have spent hours in there. Um, and then other than that, the NLA. All the only other cool thing we did was uh, go to like the uh, uh, Rainbow Bar and Grill, where all the '80s metal uh, rockers uh, used to hang out and drink, and they still do. Kind of. Um, it was just really cool being in the. Um, well, Lemmy used to hang out there all the time. Apparently, he used to like set up shop at the corner of the bar and just play 
play some video slot machines all night and drink Jack and Cokes. Um, so after he passed away, they renamed it Lemmy's Lounge. So that was kind of cool just to be in there where all the, you know, Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and Dio used to be. There were like signed pictures of them all over the place, rock memorabilia. Um, and it's right next to like the Whiskey A Go-Go, which is like one of the most legendary 80s venue right. ever. Um, so that was that was incredible just to be able to be in the same place as all these legendary rock and roll legends are. Um, other than that, in L.A., we did like the... Uh, uh, we went with Santa Monica Pier, Muscle Beach. That was pretty cool. I did get to go to Randy's Donuts. Um, oh, did want to do yeah. that. <laughs> um, and then most of the other, the most of the rest of the week, we just kind of hung out in Oceanside and hung out on the and uh, drank beer on the beach uh, at ten in the morning. So it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, what? Uh, so California weather. Well, you know what? Not important. Californian people. How did that go as a Midwest boy out in California? Any any uh, weird uh, honestly, social cues man, you didn't pick up on? Honestly, they were a lot nicer than I thought they would be. Um, for being in such a big city, um, I was really nervous because you know the 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 whole like thing about New York City and those large mm. cities. Like everybody's just an asshole. You know, there's such a big city that you don't you know pay attention to anybody else around you. But like, and that was pretty much the case. But like when you find found yourself in a social situation, like for example, going into a bar or a coffee shop and ordering, like everybody there was so fucking nice. Almost everybody we ran into. Um, I get. I think, and honestly, I think it has a lot to do with just the fact that they're living in a beautiful uh, state where the weather is amazing all the time. Like, I think everybody's just in a little bit better mood out there. Yeah, that could definitely so. be fair. <laughs> so I just, yeah. I just wondered if like you, you were hitting people with like, oop. <laughs> Well, I really kind of uh, had to rein it in the first day there because like when we first got there, um, we had a reservation for like to rent a car for the week um, so we could drive around and we called the rental company and they were like, oh, yeah, we don't actually have any more cars. Um, and I was freaking out. I was like day one in California. I'm going to let California beat me. This is not going to happen. So I lost on this dude. I started I, I, I was kind of embarrassed after the fact because he was super chill and nice about it. Um, but me just being on edge, like being like, I'm not going to let these people take advantage of me i gotta you know prove it to myself that i'm gonna win this vacation i just freak start freaking out i'm like what the fuck did i get a reservation for what does that mean i reserved one um and then you just gave it away and then he was just like well 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 we have this other car we can give you for an extra like 15 dollars a day i was like oh well yeah that's fine you should have led with that man <laughs> so yeah day one <laughs> i kind of don't blame you yeah. there's a problem you yeah. have a solution yeah but you didn't just tell me the solution to the problem. Like, exactly. hey, here's the problem. However, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, that kind of set the tone for the week, too, because I realized, like, oh, these people are actually, like, super chill and nice. And I just... I was prepared to fight, so I had I actually had to rein it back. <laughs> Jesus, I had to rein it back a little bit. So okay. you, you 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 were you were going a little too East Coast. Yeah, I was too East Coast about it because I okay. thought they were going to be East Coast about it, but no. <laughs> oh, okay, that's hilarious. I need yeah. more L.A. Mitch man. Just out there. The fuck you say? What do you mean? This old fashioned's twenty dollars exactly. <laughs> 
right on. Okay, so that was pretty much it. Um, let's get into. I don't have a lightning round, but I have a kind of a fun game. I'm excited for. Um, I gave you zero prep about this. You have no idea what's about to happen, and this could go yep. terribly uh, because I didn't let you in on what's going on. But um, and it's going to be super one sided because I, you know, you obviously you don't have any questions prepared for me, but I have some questions prepared for you. So we're just going to see how you do. Um, Full disclosure, I stole this from a YouTube channel called Hive Mind. If you haven't checked those guys out, do it. They're hilarious. Um, just two dudes that mostly talk about rap and uh, hip hop. Um, they have their own show, but it's super funny. Um, stole this idea from them, but it uh, uh, it sounded fun. So what we're gonna do is, uh, I am going to get try to get you to guess which rapper I'm talking about. But all I'm gonna give you is. You know, on Spotify, when you go to like an artist page and it says like related artists or fans also like, uh, I'm going to give you the related artists and you're going to try to guess the rapper. Make sense? <sighs> it does. <laughs> it sounds difficult. <laughs> this could be very difficult. I threw in a, I threw in a couple easy ones. So here okay. we go. Number one, we've got try to guess the rapper based off of the related artists, which are Dr. Dre, Yellow Wolf. D12, 50 Cent, Tech 9. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think, yeah, just guilty by association. Is it Eminem? Yeah, all right. One out of one, baby. <laughs> get one point. There's seven of these, by the way. We might not get, not get to all seven of them if it. Uh... We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number two Danny Brown, JPEG Mafia. Lil Ugly Mane, Clipping, Lil B, and Shabazz Palaces. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, I haven't heard of a lot of these people either. <laughs> okay. I was hoping you would. <laughs> but Clipping is throwing me. <sighs> okay, go, go through them again. Let me hear them again. Okay, Danny Brown. Okay. J JPEG Mafia, Lil Ugly Mane, Clipping, Lil B, and Shabazz Palaces. Oh, man. This is a tough one. I, I thought the biggest clues would be JPEG Mafia and Clipping. Is it Earl Sweatshirt? No, but you're kind of close, weirdly. Okay. Who is it? Death Grips. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that makes way more sense because <laughs> yeah. I I knew Danny Brown, I knew obviously I know Clipping, um, mm. and I was kind of like, ah, maybe Earl Sweatshirt. That I'm was at least okay guess. with my guess. Yeah, yeah, that was a good guess. All right, you're one for two. All right, number three, here we go. We've got Hoodie Allen, Lil Dicky, Mike Posner or Posner, Blue Scholars, and E Double. Whoa, that one took a turn at the end there. <laughs> Lil Dicky, Mike Posner, Hoodie Allen, uh, Blue Scholars. Yeah, because you know who I want to say. Who I want to say, Macklemore. Ding ding ding! All right, <laughs> two People for three. Don't fucking listen to Blue Scholars. That listen to Macklemore, dude. I know. That's I. I was kind of surprised to see that on that uh, page too. But uh, all right, number four. This one could go either way. Um, <laughs> Pusha T, Big Drake. Sean, no. 
Oh shit. Okay, sorry. I take every back, everything back. Uh, Kid Cudi, ASAP Rocky, Kendrick Lamar, and Frank Ocean. J. Cole. No. Ah. Uh, Think it, bigger than that. Oh. Okay. I was saying, am I just guessing too quickly without thinking about it? There's not much to think about. <laughs> okay, back, start from the beginning on that one. I, I was okay. I was being goofy. Start from no, the that's beginning. Cool. Um, so we got Pusha T, Big Sean, Kid Cudi, ASAP Rocky, Kendrick, and Frank Ocean. Lil Wayne? No. <sighs> All right. You give God up? God damn it. It's Kanye. If, oh, Kanye. <sighs> Okay. I, I don't I don't see that one at all though. Like Frank I Ocean through me. I don't think any of those people are super related to Kanye. Like yeah. Well, I was looking at it like push if you if you listen to Push T and like Kid Cudi, um it, I actually kinda like Kid Cudi, surprisingly. Um I didn't think I did, but I actually really Ooh. do. He's he's actually pretty interesting. Um but it's very mainstream rap. Like that's yeah. like a person who doesn't really listen to a lot of rap and it's just kind of you go to listen to what's popular. I'm guilty yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Right now, though, I am horrified that I'm only going to guess the white people because <laughs> that's what's happening. So far, yes. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Number five, we've got, again, Big Sean, Wale, Schoolboy Q, 2 Chains, Meek Mill, and Freddie Gibbs. I feel I feel bad about this one because all right, you you guess I'm gonna give you this one. You guess this person for the last one. Is this you, one Drake? No. Is this one Little Wayne? No. Before that. Wait, Jesus. <laughs> I don't even remember who I guessed. Oh, is this one an old sweatshirt? No. Oh, Jesus. Who did I fucking guess? <laughs> okay, wait. Hold on. Just read them again and let me just... Okay. Because now I'm trying to remember what I guess, so I'm not going to. Okay. Big Sean, Wale, Schoolboy Q, 2 Chains, Meek Mill, and Freddie Gibbs. <clears throat> yeah, I'm still just trying to remember what I guessed, and yeah. she said I guessed it. <laughs> Fuck, I don't remember, dude. I'm blanking on this hard. Uh, I, I, I gotta be. I just feel like I don't know because it wasn't Drake. It's not Little Wayne. Who else did I guess? Oh wait, no, dude. I don't remember. Are you sure I guessed did, it? I'm positive. Yeah. It's not our old sweatshirt. Where did I guess? Did you give up? I do, because oh, I, I can't you remember. Get, I wanted guess. you to get this one so bad, mostly because of the whole white rapper thing. Um, <laughs> well, th- th- this was uh, J. Cole. That J. Cole. You, you okay. did guess J. Cole. All right, we are two for five. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this, next one's, this next one's a gimme. If you don't get this, we're just going to quit the podcast. Okay, right. well, a lot of pressure <laughs> there, so thank you for that. <laughs> We got ODB, ODB, Giza, Method Man, <laughs> Ghostface Killer, RZA, Rakim, and Most Def. Oh no! 
<laughs> well, wait, hold on, because you just named the entire Wu Tang Clan. I did. Yeah, ding ding ding, you won. Oh, it's Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was kind of funny, just because, like, if you go to Wu-Tang Clan's artist page, it's, like, also related artists. Everyone that's in the band. <laughs> Everyone in the band. Okay. That's hilarious. I was like, well, he just named all of Wu-Tang Clan. I, I don't know everyone in Wu-Tang Clan. Is there one guy? Yeah, Bob. Yeah, right. Okay, last one, number seven. Okay, we got Atmosphere, Greaves, Merv. Oh, sorry, Mers. I mispronounced that. Uh, the Grouch, Mac Lethal, and Aesop Rock. Okay. This one's right in your wheelhouse. It is, because I'm like, these are like all <laughs> rhyme sayers people. I don't know who Mac Lethal is, I'll be honest. But um, He's the one that like had that super fast rap song that like, I, th- I think he got big off of YouTube. Yep. He's, okay. he's got that song called Pale Kids Rap Fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, okay. Read them again. Atmosphere, Greaves, Mers, The Grouch, Mac Lethal, and Aesop Rock. It's still kind of hard because there's a lot of people. Because. Think the rhyme sayers. That's what I'm trying to stick to, but I'm, is it a, is it a big rhyme sayers person or is it a smaller person? Eh, Bigger. Because Atmosphere and Greaves is kind of throwing me. Is it Brother Ali? It is Brother Ali. Nice. Okay. Not bad. Okay, you did four for seven. That's more than 50%. I'll take it. (laughs) Did a little bit better than I thought. Okay. I really like this. This was fun. You're totally right. I don't have anything prepared. Next week, or next time we record, I'm going to do this, but with grunge. Oh, okay. I like it. I'll do this with grunge bands for you. That sounds yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I I thought about trying to switch it up and do something like grunge. I did think about that, but the reason I went with rappers is mostly just because like I feel like it's there's so many different rappers out there that have totally different styles um, that you could have a better idea. Uh, and I just don't feel that's that's the necessarily the same for like grunge. Uh, they all kind of do the same thing. But anyway, and I, and I also know you are pretty knowledgeable when it comes to rap. So I figured you'd do OK. I'm I appreciate that. I, yeah. I don't think I am. <laughs> but. Yeah. Well, if you do check out this, these hive mind guys, they are incredibly knowledgeable, but they're also like probably five to 10 years younger than us. So like they, uh, they're definitely part of the TikTok rapper generation. A lot of the rappers they talk about, I had never even heard of. Um, yeah, that's where I'm not knowledgeable. I was like, if any of these people are more modern, yeah. like I'm going to be lost. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I tried to stick with the nineties and or the popular rappers so well cool that was it that was it (laughs) um all right well are we on to the meat and potatoes of this i think we are um how do you want to start this how do you want to preface this (laughs) okay uh i think i could kick it off a little bit for us so i've had an idea for a while of doing a podcast because it's come up naturally on the podcast um and i thought it would it would uh, behoove us if you will uh to to maybe talk about it um, I've talked a lot about my mental health and uh, my mental illness that I kind of have to deal with day in and day out. And I thought it would just be interesting to kind of talk about my mental health journey. Um, I, uh, 
you know, I think I think Mitch has some things to share too, which I think can be beneficial. And I think it's in the spirit of the podcast. I mean, we keep it very goofy. Uh, we talk about a lot of dumb shit. Um, but I thought it would be th- this is back to our more serious endeavors. Um, but it, I, I think I, I think we're gonna keep it fairly lighthearted. We're not gonna get too downy um but uh we're not gonna get too downy soft on y'all you know what i mean we're gonna keep it bouncy oh my yeah, god bounce dang. how many laundry detergents can i talk about yeah, right now? no kidding uh we hope this episode this this bummer of an episode will tide you over till the next one uh, yeah you know we I, I think there's a lot to gain um <laughs> dang there's so many of them you can do <laughs> yeah, what? all right anyways um no i just kind of wanted to talk about my own mental health journey and 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 um, share that with you guys and share it with Mitch and, and allow Mitch to ask me questions. Um, you know, I think that you can learn a lot uh, from people, w- from, you know, just people that you care about talking about it because everybody has a different journey. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to kind of do. Um, so I'll why don't we do this, Mitch? I'll just kind of start with some of the stuff that I, I at least have planned mm-hmm. to talk about um, and then kind of you know, let you inquire, let you ask me stuff. And then, you know, when you're ready, we can, we can definitely let you take over and kind of talk about what you wanted mm-hmm. to say. Okay. Um, so where I want to start is my actual diagnosis. Um, for example, I was talking to Mitch and he was like, Hey, do you want to do the depression episode? Like, um, <laughs> sure. Not a thing I planned on talking about because um, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder with agoraphobic tendis- tendencies mm. and acute paranoia. Yeah. So to unpack that a little bit, um, I, I have, you know, generalized anxiety disorder is just that is the way I describe it to people. It's generalized. So it manifests differently for everybody. Essentially to me, to sum it up, at least from my experience, what that means is anxiety is something that I deal with every day. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing that I get sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have suffered from panic attacks. Um, those happen, but having an actual anxiety disorder means that I deal with that day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So there's there's typically not a time that I don't have anxiety. Anxiety is not a thing I wake up and don't have. Mm-hmm. So what I've had to learn how to do is mitigate the anxiety to an appropriate level by doing coping skills and and uh, things like that. Um, then I also uh, got diagnosed with agoraphobic tendencies, meaning that I'm not fully agoraphobic, but I very well could be, mm-hmm. is the way it was described to me. If you do A, B, and C, there's a good chance that you could really develop agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for those who don't know, it's people who are basically afraid of leaving their home. Mm-hmm. Um, that only has, it, that's just a manifestation of, I already have anxiety. So naturally like social anxiety is pretty easy, you know, an easy, easy path to get to. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of situations that make me very nervous. I think a good example of this was when you uh when we did our birthday thing and you invited me up to the lake house i had a lot of questions i had no a lot of details because i didn't i had to know what i was getting into before i got there Mm -hmm. yeah and that and that is a little bit of a way to ease my anxiety and i i think actually this is a really good example of our friendship is you have a pretty solid ability to just pick up and go 
like I want to go to this place. I want to go check this out. I want to do this because mm-hmm. you like you, you want to experience mm-hmm. it. Me, on the other hand, I want to only go to places that I know. Yeah, yeah. Which is I, which is actually. I think there's a good balance because I've definitely noticed this about you. I didn't know that it was a official like diagnosis, um, but I've always kind of known that we you know we've talked about you know planning stuff before in the past, um, and uh, there even certain situations where like hey uh, we're going to be in town let's go to Cincinnati I kind of realized that like oh yeah that's you know probably not super comfortable comfortable for you um, and honestly it's not super comfortable for me either I, a lot of times I have a very minor version of this um, and I realized it probably a couple of years ago um, when we were when me and Erica went to Nashville um, I I fully remember the the first time I had a panic attack it was surreal to me. I never thought that, you know, I would be prone to those. Um, but just, uh, uh, we, it, it was terrible. Like we were, we were in downtown Nashville, like on the Broadway strip, um, just surrounded by thousands and thousands of people packed into these, you know, bars, every single bar we went to, you couldn't even find a seat to sit down. Um, right. so we were trying to like, trying to find a place to go sit down and we would just walk one in one bar, find out there was no place to be comfortable move on to the next one. We did this for about 45 minutes and I was, I felt suffocated. Just the fact that there were so many people there, um, that I just like had to get out of there. I broke down. I was like, Hey Erica, this is super weird, but I cannot deal with this right now. We need to like walk down the street until there's not as many people. Um, and I, I just kind of like, I brought that up to say, like, um, I know that you, I've always kind of known that you suffer from that a little bit. Um, so I'm definitely empathetic towards, you know, the way that you view going out and, you know, even like going on our trip to California, I was terrified. I was very, right. very nervous about being in a new city that's supposedly so, you know, threatening. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I flipped out on the guy. I was like, I cannot let this, I can't, I can't have another panic attack. (laughs) I need to be in control. Um, so yeah, man, I, I totally get it. Yeah, no. And I, and I, I actually really appreciate you, you, you kind of, you know, elaborating on that because I do remember you talking about that Nashville and I do Mm. remember you were pretty, uh, pretty honest about your fear of going to, you know, doing this really big trip out to California. Um, but that's that's helpful for me to hear because like in our friendship you you have helped me learn that you 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 gotta you gotta still do it and that's important for me mm-hmm. because I will just say no yeah I just won't go you know what I mean or I'll and or I'll kind of skirt it into something else um, but you know being friends with you like you're very encouraging and also just your personality makes me feel more comfortable i know that if i go to a new place with mitch and i really wasn't into it and i felt uncomfortable like we went to that fucking bar in fort wayne <laughs> yeah exactly i know that he's he's going to pick up on that vibe and we're probably going to be in agreement about yeah. the situation so worst case scenario we're like this is weird right okay yeah. let's bail <laughs> and you would uh-huh. or if i ever said i really need to bail you would you would be okay with mm-hmm. it. So that, you know, gives me a little bit of a comfort zone to be like, well, we'll go do this thing that I'm a little bit nervous about doing, but I know if I need to, I could tag out with Mitch. He's got my back. Mm-hmm. So, but that's hard too, because sometimes people are not very understanding of that. Um, so I'm very selective about what I do and with who, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So there are certain people that I wouldn't go to a new place with because maybe in the past or over time they've taught me that if i feel uncomfortable they don't give a shit yeah yeah 
or they don't pick up on it, mm-hmm. I guess is a good way to put it. Um, then the only other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about as far as like what I have to deal with is the, uh, is the acute paranoia. So that one was a little bit more free form. That was a, that one wasn't as official. Um, but I have learned over time that, uh, paranoia is definitely something I have and it feeds into the agoraphobic part. So for example, you being in Nashville and, and not even being able to sit down somewhere or take a break from the sheer amount of people. Mm-hmm totally understandable that would probably trigger me pretty hard um the second part of everything is that not only will i have that anxiety and that and just that claustrophobic you know too many people around um then also and this is when i know my anxiety is real bad is then i'm like well somebody's gonna come in and you know with a gun and shoot everybody and i'm not gonna be able to get away and Mm -hmm. i you know bada 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 so (laughs) now it turns into you know what's the worst possible thing that could happen right now um, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's, and, and and it was called acute paranoia, I think, because it's not all the time. It's just when I'm really bad. When I'm really bad, then I'm like, somebody's watching me. You know, every bad thing I ever did. You know, that one time I drove when I had one too many beers, you know, I probably hit somebody, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the cops are coming for me. You know what I mean? Like, it just feeds into these outlandish scenarios yeah. that are not true at all. But in the moment that's typically when i have a panic attack is if i feed the paranoia at all then i become really really paranoid it's one of the reasons i don't smoke weed 100 mm-hmm. percent. this is why i you know it's uh, yeah i've definitely smoked weed in the past but this is why i've never done it consistently um because boom <laughs> like it i it's hard for me to not get paranoid yeah it hits, it hits hard sometimes yeah for sure um One of the questions I wanted to ask you is if you're okay with talking about it. Like, I know you kind of mentioned that you, last time we hung out, you mentioned that you were thinking about going back to, like, therapy. Um, I've never done therapy, although I've always kind of wanted to a little bit. Um, I just, for whatever reason, haven't brought myself to do that. Um, What's your experience with it? Is there anything super cool that you've learned from it? Um, and the, the, the way you were kind of talking about it is you were almost kind of like defeated. You were like, I gotta, I gotta go back. I gotta, you know, as you know, it, it was almost like not to, to say it was a low point, but I did kind of get that vibe that you were like, things aren't super well right now. And I have to, I have to do this again. Um, so I guess what about that situation you were going through at the time led you to believe that you needed to go back to therapy and also like, what are the good things that have come from it? Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a really important question because I'm, I tell people all the time, you, if you even remotely think you should go, then do it because there's not really a con. I mean, sure. You have to take the time. You have to pay the money. You have to go through it, but you could be and and I think you're in a perfect example you know i've always viewed you as a very well-adjusted person obviously you're not perfect nobody is but your overall comprehension of the world and your reality and your emotional connections are very well adjusted so you know you're not fucking insane Ooh, like me. yeah <laughs> you're not you, insane. you look at things in a in a in a good and healthy way now that doesn't mean though that you haven't had things in your life that have been you know really hard um and you could potentially use a little bit of help to work that through Mm -hmm. you know what i mean 
um, it's hard to process deep emotional trauma. Um, so I'm just such an advocate to just go, just go because you're just talking to somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, and, and you're in control of the situation. I don't think a lot of people realize that when you go in there, if you are talking and they're touching on something and you need to, and you need to, and you don't want to talk about it, you can say that Mm -hmm. now there's healthier ways to do that. And that's what a counselor or a therapist will help you do. Um, but to, sorry, I'll, I'll answer your question more directly. So yeah. well, I, no, I did have a real, real quick. I'm sorry. I just, uh, I'm going to lose the thought if I don't say it. Uh, so I started reading the, um, Jeff Tweedy book. Um, and he, he was talking a lot about, um, his experience with, uh, there was a time he was like severely addicted to painkillers and he had to go to rehab for it. And, um, he talked in the book about how he was like super embarrassed about being at rehab. Um, but only because the, you know, when, the, when it came to like sharing everybody's stories and everything like he he told the example of like one of the guys that was in rehab was like yeah I got the first time I got drunk I was nine years old it was after I watched my dad kill my mom and uh, he was hoping that if I drank a bottle of whiskey I would forget what I just saw um, and then Jeff Tweedy heard that story and was like well uh I feel sad sometimes because I think people don't like me. Um, and like, how can you even compare that story to what I'm going through? And, um, I just think that was kind of cool. Cause I guess that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Like I've, I, 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 I've talked to people that are going through some shit and I do feel pretty well adjusted, but the point of like, you know, the, 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 one of the people he was talking to one of the people at rehab and they were basically just like, everybody hurts in different ways. Like you can't compare your pain to my pain. The fact is we're both hurting and that's all that matters. Um, so I just thought that was kind of cool and topical since I just read that. And (laughs) yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right. And I would totally agree because that's the thing you can, you can have something in your life that isn't what you would say is major, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. Maybe, like an example that probably like maybe you got passed up for a promotion at work all right mm-hmm. and maybe that fucking destroys you <laughs> it, it's 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 typically never about what it actually is it's about how you handle it mm-hmm. because it's always something else right it's almost never it's not the fact that you got passed up on a promotion at work it's the fact that now you feel inferior and you feel inadequate because you were passed up so you got to go back and address why do i feel inferior mm-hmm. why do i feel inadequate that's kind of the thing so it's like yeah i mean you know that's that's it a hundred percent is everybody does everybody hurts differently everybody handles things differently and everybody has different kinds of trauma trauma can be very simple and not you may not even think it's trauma Mm -hmm. but if it was traumatic then it is yeah um so no i had started to really with uh, pretty unknowingly just go into a really weird space it was very much like disassociative i kind of was like really disconnected from myself i wasn't sleeping i you know it was definitely affecting my work i started to miss work because it was just easier to not Mm -hmm. go in now um there's a there's a thing with mental illness called comorbidity and it's um the likelihood of two different um like mental illness or disorders and basically like 
it, it's the likeliness of them manifesting together. So, for mm. example, anxiety and depression is like the best example. One of the most common like comorbid disorders ever, because typically, you know, with your really really bad anxiety, you know, you're up and going, and you're in that fight or flight like all the time. Um, it's very easy that um, you know, you will have to. Um, come down mm-hmm. and your your kind of react to it the other way and kind of go into a more depressive state mm-hmm. so and that does happen to me but i know that i don't have like actual clinical depression i will just go into a depressive state because i'm you know all the fucking time mm-hmm. so that's kind of where i went i dipped pretty low and then i realized it was starting to affect everything you know what i mean i wasn't being social i didn't really want to talk to people i didn't want to hang out with anybody i just wanted to come home and be at home Mm -hmm. and not do anything that's the other thing not do anything yeah so that's when i pretty much knew um definitely my drinking had turned into like drinking to have fun or just drinking kind of like nonchalantly almost into it was the goal at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and i was like okay well you know i don't feel like i have a drinking problem this is just a crutch Mm -hmm. clearly this is just absolutely how i'm using drinking right now i gotta work on that Mm -hmm. so but as i got worse my anxiety just got worse and worse so everything just kind of mounted to a point where that's when i had to slow myself down and just take inventory is what i call it Mm -hmm and process Mm -hmm. so once i had a day to kind of clear my plate my schedule and sit there and go through bullet point by bullet point of all the negative aspects of everything Mm -hmm. that's when i was like okay this is the worst i've been yeah i don't think i could do this by myself Mm -hmm. and that's important distinction because a lot of times in life i think a general mentality and i do think it's particularly prevalent in men because i think that's a pretty you know normative way to teach men is to pull yourself up suck it up and keep going on yeah deal with it later or turn to alcohol i know a lot of people that you know use use it as a self-medication aspect or like i can name off a few friends that i have that can't really have these serious discussions without having alcohol first um so they they rely on and and you kind of reach a certain point and it's kind of weird to talk about considering you know about 20 minutes ago we were like what are you drinking um (laughs) (laughs) alcohol is a very very um addictive chemical like more i would say more so than and nicotine, really just about anything. And it's also so dangerous. There's, you know, because <laughs> the Budweiser Corporation um, from a young age instilled in you that, oh, you worked hard today. You deserve a beer. Um, right. So, you know what? I did work hard today. I do deserve a beer. But then you kind of reach a certain turning point where you're like, okay, now I'm not drinking because I deserve it. I'm drinking because I kind of need it. And I do, you, it, it's, it's a lot of people don't even, can't even, don't even have the, faculties to face that reality but like you become you become a slave to alcohol um and that's really any other kind of chemical substance but um it's a dangerous slope and i i try to i think about that a lot (laughs) yeah that's the best way to put it it is it is very it is a slippery slope yeah be and i and look i mean alcoholism runs so heavily in my family um that it i could probably you know 
like that one day. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what I try to mitigate. If I know that I'm drinking a lot and I'm drinking because something's really bothering me, typically takes a while for me to have that realization. But once I do, I stop for a while. Mm -hmm. Stop drinking, unpack it. When I come to a better place with it and I'm picking up a beer because I worked hard that day or, you know, I just kind of want to kick back and like sit in the sun and drink a beer, then I'm like, okay, this feels good. This feels healthy. And one of the things that when you do therapy or you do counseling, that person helps you recognize what behaviors of yours are healthy and unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Typically, you don't know until you really start to dissect that. Then you start to learn like, oh, shit, that was kind of toxic of me. And one, you're going to feel shitty when you start to realize all the aspects about yourself that maybe you need to work on. Mm -hmm. But but two, then you get to unpack that. Why do I feel so shitty about myself? You it's crazy how quickly you can get to oh i did like that was part of your question what was what was the best thing you learned the the biggest takeaway that i ever had from doing therapy and doing counseling was those holy shit that's what's been bothering me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's this has bothered me my entire life and i've never been able to put it in words Mm -hmm. and i just said it yeah yeah and for me, I, I'm fortunate that I haven't had to be on medication. Um, typically, that's enough for me. If I can understand what's happening emotionally within myself, then I'm typically okay. And that's actually what happened. I didn't actually end up going back to counseling yet. I started to look. I started to kind of see what doctors were available. But it was like, as soon as I started doing that, I felt better. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, wait, hold on. I've done this before, so let me keep pushing forward a little bit. But then it was like all of a sudden I started to have the room, the emotional capacity to start to unpack myself. And as soon as I started to really hit on what was bothering me, boom. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wasn't instantly better, but what it was was that that weight I had been carrying kind of lifted. Mm -hmm. And then I had I had the uh, I had the breathing room to start to really get into it. And I've been doing a lot better. I have hard days where my anxiety because work is completely not helpful to my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have some bad days, but overall, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been upward. If I'm I'm moving that way, then I'm like, okay, we're good. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna you know break down the doors mm-hmm. to get back into counseling. I'm gonna take my time here. If anything majorly shifts, then I'm right back on that path. Yeah, I think it's hugely important for you to be able to not you, but just anyone to be able to kind of internalize like, okay, why did this happen? Um, for example, a few days ago, me and Erica kind of got into this little bit of a fight, um, and then it was I'm not going to get into details, but it was she said something, and then I felt it within myself. I was like, okay, this is fight or flight time. Am I going to say something shitty, um, be- or am I going to think about why am I feeling this way um, and kind of rein it back a little bit? Um, um, and then I said something shitty, obviously. Um, right. but then afterwards I was like, okay, the reason I felt like lashing out and doing this thing isn't because of anything she said, but I'm internalizing this and I'm having these feelings that I'm projecting upon her. Um, and it, it was almost kind of a crossroads. You can either throw gas on this fire or you can put the fire out. Um, and now next time that we get into a situation like that, I will hopefully be able to take a second and think, okay, why do I want to say this? 
okay, this is why probably shouldn't say this. You should probably just suck it up and apologize because you know you're wrong. But I was too, I had too much of an ego to admit I was wrong at that point. Um, but yeah, man, just, uh, just kind of like figuring out what makes you do the things you do will help it, will prevent it from happening the next time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's it's just understanding. That's Mm -hmm. why, that's why I urge people so hard to be like, if you think that you could benefit from counseling and and therapy and counseling are two different things. And I would say that, you know, if you just even think that, you know, talking to someone uh, like a counselor and, 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 and just getting insight, you know, would help you be a better person than do it. Mm -hmm. To me, the most you would waste is the time. And even then, I don't think so because you're going to walk away learning something about yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of people though, either do what you talked about. where like, well, it's not that bad. I haven't really had anything bad Mm -hmm. happen to me. Well, that's not the point. You don't, you don't, as soon as we can shred the stigma a little bit of like, Hey, not everybody who goes to counseling has had some big giant traumatic, you know, Oh, you weren't in nine 11. Well then (laughs) fucking, you don't even like, no, if, if, if people say that kind of shit, then that's on them. They clearly have a very large traumatic event in their life that they have not worked all the way through. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you could just go to therapy or go to counseling because your job is really stressful at that point or your Mm -hmm. home life is really stressful and you're going to learn i mean coping skills those are fucking awesome um once you find things that really benefit you that are healthy and you have a neutral third party that tells you what's healthy and unhealthy Mm -hmm. and then as soon as you develop that into a habit man like I don't know, man. It's it, I just I really urge people, and I think this is the whole reason why we're talking about it. Is I suffered for a long ass time not knowing what to do, and actually the other part of everything that you know I was also that, and most people don't know this part, but you know I was I was a cutter for a long time, and I hit it really well. I hit it real real well, but I cut not not consistently all the time. But definitely when things were bad, I would cut. Um, And I hit it for years. And I did that since I was 13. Mm. And I hit it my entire life. And then, um, you know, one day I I did. I I cut myself and I cut myself bad. Had to go to the hospital. And that's what kicked everything off on the start. That was my start to this whole thing. Um, But I suffered for years, though. And didn't talk to people about it. And didn't. I, I was having these major panic attacks and suicidal ideation at like 13 and 14 years old. Yeah. And, and I don't blame my parents at all because they didn't know because I hit it. Mm-hmm. But I really wish at that point there was more tools at my disposal as a young adult that I understood that I shouldn't be ashamed of it. I shouldn't mm-hmm. run away from it. I need to talk to somebody about it. And there was things built into life yeah, that yeah. did not make me feel ashamed to want to run. Because basically that's when it started. And I ran from it till about the time I was in my early 20s, which is typically if you're going to have like a major mental disorder, it's typically when it develops mm-hmm. in most yeah. people. And I went downhill. And then yeah. from pretty much the time I was about 20 until about 23, 24 was, you know, the worst of it. So you know i that's why i wanted to talk about it because 
we have all these numbers and all these people that may or may not listen to the podcast. And I guess it's like, it's important for me to make sure that everybody understands that, you know, I I know that I've probably joked about it (laughs) in the podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a little bit of a defense mechanism. Um, but there is no reason to hide from any of it you mm-hmm. you have to take inventory you have to you know you you if you think you need to reach out then reach out to somebody whoever to just start that process because you do not have to suffer for years and years and years you are doing nothing mm-hmm. you it, it, it is accomplishing nothing it is nothing to you're not going to be stronger the whole what don't kill you make stronger mentality that does not work in mental health okay it yeah. does not fucking work that way Mm-hmm. Uh, you there's, don't and have also scar there's this tissue. whole sort of like um midwest boomer mentality that um i am super glad i think we're living in a really cool age um it's easy to be negative about things but just the fact that we have so many resources at our disposal um including like people to talk to on the internet even if they're strangers or like people you play video games with um it's so it's so much cooler because um you know the Growing up, um, and I don't think my, I, my my parents didn't necessarily feel like this, but I've heard the story of you know countless times. Oh, you know, I, I you know I I, I really kind of wanted to go to therapy, but I was kind of afraid because of, you know what would people think. Um, but you know, I've also heard it compared to like, well, I mean, you take you know if your car if you need an oil change, you go take your car into a mechanic without thinking about it. Why is it so such a big taboo uh, to go get yourself a tune up? Isn't that way more important? Um, and then also, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, the the boomer generation is kind of on its way out, not to be crass, but I saw a funny meme that was like, um, uh, it, it, there was a headline article that said like, millennials aren't uh, aren't good at DIY, um, studies show that millennials uh, don't understand DIY as much. And then somebody commented and they're like, yeah, I might not be able to uh, install a sconce in my wall, but at least I can tell my daughter I love her. <laughs> so like... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's a cool direction i think we're headed and yeah. totally right yeah i can't i can't fix my dishwasher if it's broken but um who cares <laughs> yeah i i mean you know i think and i think it's because you know the generational gap is interesting because i think what we saw was our parents suffer yeah with being an adult because obviously it's not fucking easy Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and 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 that's the thing too it's all the that boomer mentality it it always goes back to that well i you know when i was 23 i had three jobs and two kids to support i didn't have time to be sad (laughs) and it's like well that's actually really fucking sad yeah you know you're probably (laughs) fucking sad right (laughs) you know you can hide behind the machizo but there's no fucking way that you don't what keeps you up at night yeah yeah because i guarantee it's fucking something so yeah definitely man um well to kind of change gears a little bit you mentioned something cool um that i kind of did too you kind of started to take a little inventory of like you know what is going on emotionally and i actually did kind of something similar a few days ago kind of in preparation for this podcast um and i just like did something i haven't really done before and i just kind of sat down and i literally wrote down like what is going on that is causing me anxiety um and I noticed a lot of it um, isn't really internal. It's mostly just kind of like almost the paranoia like you were talking about. Um, I actually do kind of want to read you my list because um, it's not super personal. Uh, but it's basically just like, um, okay, so number one, 
and this is going to be real, real sad. Um, did you know one in five homes are owned by investors, which drives up the cost of homes and forces more of your, our generation to rent, which is way more expensive than owning a home, uh, which means that the middle class is definitely on its way out. Also, federal minimum wage is $7.25, and it has been since 2007. Uh, Sidebar, people are refusing to get the COVID vaccine, which led to an outbreak of the Delta variant, meaning we may have to have another shutdown. Um, also, even if everyone does get vaccinated, COVID will never really go away. Our life is never going to be the same. Uh, fun stuff, Taliban taken, took, uh, has taken over Afghanistan um, once again. Um, which in turn, people have never been more politically divided. Uh, people just kind of seem mean lately. Wrote that down, which is true. Mm -hmm. um, Reports show that climate change will start wiping out certain regions, making parts of Earth completely uninhabitable in as little as 30 years. Uh, Jeff Bezos is a literal comic book villain that's taking over the world and most likely planning on living in space when the rest of the world eventually burns up. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of like some reasons to be bummed out. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I know that was kind of like depressing, but that's the point. Um, it's almost kind of like filled me with this existential dread of like okay if we continue down this path what is going to happen to not me personally but just as us as a human race man um what is the outcome of our actions what does life look like down the road i i don't you know one of the reasons i'm not super excited about having kids is because like 30 years they might not have an earth to live on um so that's what kind of mean trick would that be to play on kids um to watch them have to face the literal end times and i know everybody's been saying it's the end times for 200 years um so i'm probably uh wrong on that but it just feels like it sometimes um uh, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, all of that to say, like, you know, you've always heard the expression, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss. Um, it's impossible to be ignorant anymore. If you yeah. have Facebook, you see every single thing I just wrote down has been a Facebook article or a headline I saw. Um, if you have Facebook, you know what's going on in the world. So you can't be ignorant anymore. So it's pretty much impossible to be happy because you have all this. Um, but then I really kind of started to think about like, there's got to be a silver lining to this. Like, we can't just end it there. Um, and then I know you didn't really ask, but I, I want to kind of tell you the way that I got over this because it's, I mean, I don't ever get over it. I have feelings of pretty much right. existential tread pretty much every day. Just yeah. there's too much going on in the world to be, to forget about it. Um, so you can't, but right. really my, how I deal with it is I kind of internalize it and focus on things that I can change because I can't change the fact. I, I can't change global warming. I can, you know, make some changes to my lifestyle, which might have a small impact, but at the end of the day, I'm one person. Um, I can't change the minimum wage. I can't do any of that. Uh, but what I can change and work on is improving life for myself and my family. Um, I can be a better person. I can uh, make sure that we're secure you know, I, I, I can make sure that our mental well-being, physical well-being, um, financial well-being, that's something that I can control. And I think if you kind of focus on that and, and, and judge yourself by those actions, it makes it a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. So... And, yeah. and I and I'm not and 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 I'm not I'm definitely not innocent. Like I I have to 
basically tell myself that every morning, like focus on the things that you can control. Um, at work this week, actually, one uh, we had a meeting and one of our managers said something really cool that was super topical. Apparently, it's a uh, some sort of Buddhist proverb. Um, he said, um, to walk a thorny road, we may cover every inch with leather, or we can make sandals. Um, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Pretty much the same morning I wrote down all that shit, he said that in a meeting, and I was like, damn, man, that's really awesome. Like, I can't control, you know, this. And it seems like too tall of a task to even try. But what I can do is make life better for me. Um, and if you, oh, the other thing is, if you focus on making life better for yourself and the people around you, just show kindness to other people, all you can do is hope that they'll in turn do the same for the next person. So you can't change these things, but starting locally is all you can do. So Yeah, I hey, I think that is wildly insightful. You know, I think it was awesome that you and and once again I, I don't I don't want to harp on it too much, <laughs> but this is why I consider you well adjusted, because you you sat down, you put pen to paper, you put down what is bothering you. And and you are. You're caught up in existential dread. I, hey, I've been living there, buddy. I'm with <laughs> yeah. you. You know what I mean? I, I've been dealing with that shit, you know, since I was 13. I mean, I was 13 years old, just like, you know, I wonder what it's like to die. Yeah. yeah. And, and how close can I get to understanding that? Um, which mm-hmm. is which is an, an unhealthy thought pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's one thing to question your own mentality, but I was third fucking teen. But anyways, yeah, my exactly. point being is, you put it down, you wrote it down, you kind of got it out, which is important, and you know that's why journaling is a pretty major coping skill. Um, but yeah, you wrote this stuff down. All genuine concerns, um, nothing irrational um, by any means. Um, However, you came to a realization fairly on your own that is a, that is a very important realization. You can only control what you can control. Mm. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I think that's wildly insightful. Um, a lot, a lot of people don't have an ability to do that. Yeah. I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn how to do that. Um a lot of people don't have that ability so imagine having all that stuff that you put down on paper and then you just never fucking talked about it never Mm -hmm. even wrote it down spent most of your day wondering what the fuck is wrong yeah yeah well i mean i wouldn't say it's necessarily healthy for me it was something that i was forced to come to terms with because like if i don't come to terms with something positive i'm not going to be able to function i'm not going to be able to leave the house uh I'm just going to be so much filled with this dread that I can't do anything. So I have to, I have to almost fool myself into being happy, fake it till you make it. Um, so what can I glean from this that gives me enough positivity to get out of bed? So well, I well there was there was one really healthy thing you said and one unhealthy thing you said. Okay, which is I'd interesting. Love to, hear it. to recognize the um the emotional issue and to say i need to do something is healthy that's healthy because i'm Mm -hmm. telling you man not a lot of people do that (laughs) a lot of people (laughs) just go on through their day without ever putting their mind to anything the unhealthy thing you said 
was that I basically had to fool myself to be happy. And I worry, (laughs) I worry that if you actually are happy. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Which is okay. You, you don't have to. Um, but I would, I would, uh, I'd ponder that part of yourself a bit because I think that you are super smart, super creative. You can kind of put your mind to anything and do really, really cool shit, but you don't have to, you feel me? You don't have Mm -hmm. to do any of the shit you do. I think you need, I think that you should make sure you focus on does this make me happy yeah Mm -hmm. because you're smart you do things very i don't even i I don't want to say by the book that's not a good way to put it but you think things through you think a lot of shit through and i and i just i hope that you don't think everything through to death like Mm -hmm. to a point where you know you're well this is the good thing to do you know what I mean? I th- mm. that's that's I don't know. I ponder. Yeah. I, I, I no, don't know. And I think I, I think you're totally right. One of the reasons I wanted to bring up the whole like ignorance is bliss thing and, you know, not to sound conceited because I'm not super smart, but I'm smart enough to realize what's going on in the world and the devastating effects that it will eventually have on all of us, uh, myself included. Um, so I've kind of wanted to I, I you can't. You can't wake up every morning coming from that place or else you're just not going to survive. It's not going to look good. Um, So I've kind of like I shouldn't have say force myself to be happy. It's try to find things that do make you happy and just do that. Like there are. Yeah. Like trying to trying to, I guess, live in a world of ignorance, even though, you know, you're not. Um. (laughs) Well, I I think I, I think ignorance One, I think you need to, I think you, I I do think that you need to pay less attention. I mean, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you just as your bud. Maybe maybe don't get on the (laughs) Facebook as much because you definitely because I hear you and I'm, I mean, I'm the same way. I have a lot of dread about a lot of things, but what I've been doing, and I'm not saying that you should not pay attention to anything or be ignorant, Mm -hmm. but I've been like, I I have not opened. I try to not open Facebook unless I have to. Or like it's just like okay, well, you know, fucking unplug, man. Like yeah, definitely take, take a breather because you have to sometimes because when it's there, every you're right. You cannot be ignorant anymore in today's society. You just don't have that choice. But what you can do is allow yourself to digest information in a better way that's yeah. healthy and not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's definitely. like like iOS now. It, uh, like on my iPhone, you know, it has an app library now. So you don't have to keep all your apps on your home screen. Mm-hmm. So I fucking got rid of everything else yeah. <laughs> except the shit I need day to day. And I try to go my whole day without checking Facebook. I mean, mm. it's kind of like a. You remember when we used to make fun of people who would be like, I'm leaving Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Except now we're trying to figure out how to. <laughs> Yeah, right. So they kind of had a little <laughs> yeah. bit more insight into it than we fucking thought. Um, no, I, I I, just, like I said, I'm not I psychoanalyzing you. I'm just talking to you as your friend. I think, mm-hmm. no, yeah. I, I, yeah, I welcome that. Yeah, sure. you uh, take a breather. 
learn how to digest that information because I never it, it should never be Strawberry Fields Forever. I kind of fucking hate that song because that's yeah. <laughs> what that song is, is ignorance is bliss mm -hmm. and I'm not going to pay attention to things. And then John Lennon wrote that fucking song and then he sat in bed with Yoko Ono for a year to protest, which is not a fucking way to do anything. <laughs> uh -huh. um, life shouldn't be that way. There should be things that upset you and there should be things that bother you um, because you're a person with empathy and you give a shit about other people. With that all being said, you gotta find a way to digest information in a way that's healthy and not gonna overwhelm you. Cause it kind of sounds mm -hmm. like you were probably bombarded with so much stuff that you were like, Oh my fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I'm, I mean, you, you took a really good step in that, but yeah, I think you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to wake up for the battle on your own terms. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's, that's kind of how I view that. That's what I'm trying to do because I'm mm -hmm. with you 2020 was really bad for me mentally because of that because it felt like the world was fucking ending mm -hmm. yeah and i woke up every day just being like ah, i don't know blood in the streets this is it i don't know like we you know very very uncertain so well we've talked about a lot <laughs> yeah um, yeah um i want to basically sum up my portion with a quote from the movie Days and Confused. <laughs> it feels topical. Okay. Um, Dawson says, well, all I'm saying is that I, want, that I want to look back and say that I did the best I could while I was stuck in this place. Had as much fun as I could while I was stuck in this place. Played as hard as I could while I was stuck in this place. Dogged as many girls as I could while I was stuck in this place. It's <laughs> a nice uh, touch. I don't know. It just felt right. So yeah <laughs> um yeah uh i i think that it's a healthy mentality to have to like you said control what you can control focus on that do those things and i do believe in if you put that effort and that evaluation into yourself and you do spread that empathy that kindness that love like it will manifest itself mm -hmm. it, it really will like you'd be surprised man how much we just we just need that yeah, yeah you know what i mean people people will 100 percent gravitate towards it um well all i wanted to say is that the main point of us talking about this and going this which i'm you know super appreciative of you know it it, it can be difficult to admit <laughs> all the shit about yourself that's not very cool or fun yeah or, you know <laughs> um, but the whole point is, is that is we started this podcast and we kind of called it like a social experiment and we talked about that i actually you're you're quoted in the first episode of saying we're going to talk about stuff that guy friends don't typically talk about this is it <laughs> and we've done that kind of uh <laughs> I, I mean really we have though um most people don't have that level of conversation so that's the whole point you should and if you really need help and you really feel like you should reach out then fucking do so please because you do there is no reason to white knuckle through life mm -hmm. there yeah. you you don't get a you don't get a bigger trophy at the end <laughs> so <laughs> right. just don't do that it's not fair it's not fair to yourself don't do that everybody deserves to be at least everyone deserves to be 
middle class white America happy, you know, which is like, I'm kind of happy if I got to fucking, you know, hear, uh, you know, fucking the next song off TikTok one more fucking time. I'm going to blow my brains out, <laughs> but I'm happy. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, everyone does deserve that level of happiness. So you do not mm-hmm. have to white knuckle through life. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, man. Some All right. I like it. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> I figured it would be. Um, but yeah, man. No, I think we did. I think that was super, super helpful for me. I didn't mean to turn into a therapy session, but I kind of did. Um, I mean, you were a psychology major, so um, I try to glean me. as much information as I try to glean as much from you as I can. So I always appreciate it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I do want to make that clear that, that nothing qualifies <laughs> me to do anything. The only ability I think that I've I, I have in life because I've went on this journey is being analytical of one's emotions and, mm-hmm. you know, I just sit around and think a lot. And uh, <laughs> I think that's the most important attribute you can have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. If someone could pay me to do so, then then we're talking. <laughs> then we're jamming. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think the end of the podcast can be very lighthearted because we have to do what you cranking. And you have, I, I would bet all the money that Jeff Bezos has that you would <laughs> never guess what I'm going to say. I am not even going to try. I am not even going to be close. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. It's kind of limitless. <laughs> okay. um, but no, absolutely. But Mitch, I want you to start it off, though. Okay. What I'll start it off. You Mine's been probably not near as exciting. Um, I kind of hinted at this earlier. Um, I have been cranking Wilco slash Jeff Tweedy. Um, when we hung out last time, he took us to a bookstore, um, and I bought a Jeff Tweedy book. Um, his autobiography about kind of his uh, his life and his struggle with uh, addiction, uh, but also kind of an autobiography about his musical journey and his bands, which is super cool because I've always been a big Wilco fan, um, and I'm always interested in him as a person. He's also super funny he's been in a couple episodes of uh, parks and rec um so i've always been intrigued by him um <laughs> so uh oh and at the time i, I just want to tell you this is pretty much the first book i've read cover to cover in probably five years well that so. makes me really happy because you were with <laughs> me when you bought the book Yep, and I finished it already. So I did. He got another book that I haven't read yet, but I'm definitely going to start. It's called How to Write One Song. Um, So hopefully by the end of it, I'll be able to write a song. Um, but yeah, man, I've been super into Wilco and that just reading his book and his uh, experience made me want to just go down the rabbit hole of listen to every single one of his albums, um, which is a lot. He's done like 11 Wilco albums, like eight or nine solo albums. He's done an album with his son just called Tweety. Um, he's got a lot out there. I've listened to probably five or six of his, you know, earliest Wilco stuff, which uh, I'm a big fan of. Um, I think... As of right now, my favorite Wilco album probably is their first one, um, which is called AM. Um, It was right after um, uh, he broke up with uh, Jeff Tweedy when they were doing Uncle Tupelo. Um, So a lot of his stuff has some very, like, country bluegrass influences um he also talks about in the, about that in the book a little bit too like you know he he started out with Jeff Tweedy um writing just 
country songs. Um, hmm. And as he grew into Wilco, he kind of like, you can actually kind of hear it if you listen yeah. to them chronologically. You The first couple albums have some definite country influences, but the recent ones are more just like super acoustic or just straight up rock and roll. And I find that super fun. So it's been a, it's been a cool journey. So, all right, that's enough of me nerding out about Jeff Tweedy. Um, no, uh, here, I'm going to nerd <laughs> out a bit with you before we go. Uh, okay. He has that documentary about them making, um, um, Oh yeah. Um, Yankee hotel, Yankee hotel Foxtrot, I think. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And it felt yeah. wrong, but yeah. Yankee hotel Foxtrot. <laughs> so weird. Here's a little documentary. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, I'll have to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool. Um, actually that documentary is why every time we do anything with video, I want it to be in black and white because that oh, documentary awesome. is yeah. in black and white. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, yeah, I was super into that fucking album. I I think that that album is fucking great. Um and um yeah, no. I I just think he's like a really interesting musician. Wilco is a super cool band. Um interesting songwriting definitely helped shape me. I used to cover um some of his songs. Uh N- Nels Klein. Do you know that guy? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Holy fuck that dude. Cause he was I don't think ever like on an album for Wilco, but he toured with him. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. fuck that dude slays the guitar. He's really good. They do this really weird stuff like that nobody else is doing. Especially on guitar. He'll he'll just like pull out a slide on this song that you would think like, why do you need a slide guitar for this? But it just sounds so cool. They have these weird little breakdowns that are that don't sound like they belong in the song at all, but he makes it. <laughs> yeah, um, I love Wilco. Yeah, heavy metal good. drummer, one of my favorite songs. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, fucking yeah. love that song. Don't know why. Yeah. Fucking love it. I love Wilco. Yeah, one of their uh, so the song I'm gonna add to the playlist is from that first album too. It's called uh, Casino Queen. Um, I'm just obsessed with that song. It's great. Right on. Um. All right, my turn. Yeah, what have you been cranking? I'm so excited. I have been cranking Travis Tritt. <laughs> I would not have guessed that ever. <laughs> and here's why, Mitch, and I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. So I do this thing to Charlotte probably once every fucking month. Is Somehow we'll start talking about movie, and I'm like, have you seen that movie? And she'll be like, no, I no." You know that every time we do this, we play this little game. I ain't seen the movie. I'm like, oh, we got to watch the movie then. (laughs) So that movie, though, was My Cousin Vinny. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's a great movie. She had never seen My Cousin Vinny. I was like, well, we got to watch My Cousin Vinny. We got to. It's a great movie. Um, So we watched My Cousin Vinny. First off, everyone do themselves a favor. Go look up, I, I well, I guess I haven't looked up the official soundtrack, but just just find random YouTube clips of that movie and listen to the fucking music. It's insane. It is the <laughs> weirdest music in the world. Like, cause, I don't really remember it. Well, there's actual songs, and they're very, like, southern-y, bluesy kind of jams, uh-huh. right? Okay. But then the score is just shitty, midi 90s shit. Really? And it's okay. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a trip you know to to listen to we watched the movie we love it uh, sidebar marissa tomei 
kind of low-key a fox she could get it she could she could <laughs> absolutely get it um i just didn't remember i was like damn marissa tomei i kind of see why she was famous she really cute yeah, um, yeah and a really good actress she kind of carries that movie a little bit almost i know i know you're not a huge seinfeld fan but there's a really awesome episode of seinfeld where george um has a friend who's friends with marissa tomei and she is apparently into short chubby bald guys and he's like engaged to somebody else and he like breaks up his engagement just for the chance of date, dating marissa tomei I, <laughs> hilarious yeah I, I, I for whatever fucking reason i know that episode okay <laughs> and the, yeah, because there's an ep- there's a scene in it where his fiance walks in and she's like, "Are you watching My Cousin Vinny again?" <laughs> it's like, it's a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> um, uh, and and I will admit that absolutely, uh, that movie made me laugh my balls off. Um, yeah, it's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious, and also a great movie. I'm a sucker for lawyer movies. Anyways, yeah. we get to the end of the movie, and the song plays. And it was the, it, it was an experience <laughs> of a song. So the song that you absolutely have to listen to and also put onto the playlist is a song by Travis Tritt called Bible Belt. Okay. And it, I'm, I'm not familiar. It, nor, I don't even remember this song being fucking there, but here's the kicker, the funny part. It was written for My Cousin Vinny. Oh, no way. So when you hear the <laughs> lyrics, they're like, they're like a song written for a movie lyrics where it's like vague <laughs> so they could play it on the radio. But you're like, well, this is the fucking plot of the movie. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. But because me and Charlotte <laughs> were listening to it, and I'm like, why does this kind of slap? Why do I know this voice? And then we we waited for all the credits to get through where they play the songs and we're like, it's Travis Tritt. Holy shit. When was the last time I listened to Travis Tritt and enjoyed it? It's been a minute for sure. Yeah. So uh, Bible Belt, really cool song by Travis Tritt. Um, it, it fucking bangs. I think there's another okay. person that has a songwriting credit. I want to say that they took an old blues song and kind of redid it into what became that song would be my guess but okay yeah so just funny story it was kind of a date night we sat there and watched my cousin Vinny, um and and uh and did that um and just we got to that travis tritt song and i was like first off why does this song rock my fucking socks off and second off did they just write lyrics about my cousin Vinny? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, no kidding. That's so funny. I'm going to have to check that out. I just pulled it up on Spotify. Bible Belt featuring Little Feet. Never heard of yeah, that. Yeah, don't know what's yeah. going on with Little Feet there. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, that's what we're cranking. That's what we're, uh, that's what we're thinking about. Um before we go, just because I really want to make the end of this lighthearted, because this was a heavy episode. Yeah. <laughs> I have a game that we could play at the very end, very quickly, very easy game. Okay. I'm going to hide something in my beard, <laughs> and you're going to try to guess what it is. This will be great for the podcast listeners. Yeah. Well, I you got to sell how you won't be able to see it at all. So I'm going to okay. hide something. It's not going to be super small. I'm not. It's not a trick. I'm just going to take a fairly common item that is, is a, such a weird game. That is, I love it. A, that is at least an inch long. Okay. And hide it in my beard. 
Okay, inch long. Okay, okay. H- household item. Okay. Well, it's fairly common. It's I don't want to call it a household item. <laughs> okay. It's not vital to having a house, so that's why I don't want to call it that. Hmm. Okay, I'm so excited. I have hidden something in my beard. I'm going to adjust my mic so you can see oh, a little bit more no. of my beard. There is something in I my can't. beard. I can't see anything at all. Um, Any okay. guesses? Uh, it looks normal. I think I might see the beginning of something kind of starting to pop out. It looks very small. It, I, it's a shade of white. Um, it almost it almost looks like one of your hero clicks, guys. It's very very small. Um, is it a hero clicks? It is not. Uh, I got to say, I'm not even 100%. I'm looking in the right spot. Um, <laughs> I think it's right directly under your chin, like in the center, um, possibly off to your left a little bit, just just ever so slightly. I think you're looking in the right spot. Okay. Um, I'll give you that. I can't even see it like to enough to hazard a guess all right are we ready for the <laughs> so reveal impressive. yeah please please i don't think you're gonna guess it <laughs> okay it was a cigarette it's a cigarette <laughs> oh man <laughs> i just want to know how you came to that conclusion that you could hide a cigarette in your beard like was alcohol involved <laughs> <laughs> well funny enough we were watching my cousin Vinny. Um, okay. I, I don't know. She, we were joking. Oh, I had chips in my beard. Okay. And Charlotte was like, wait, hold on. She took a whole, like, because we got B dubs mm-hmm. and she had a whole nacho chip. And she was like, hide the, I bet, can you hide this in your beard? And I was like, fucking, let's see. And I hid an entire <laughs> nacho chip in my beard. And I was like, what else can I hide in my beard? I mean, That's a really I was fun able game. to get a yeah. pin to stay. But you could see it. The whole reason I'm bringing this up is I have not shaved or cut my hair. I'm going to show you my hair. I haven't shaved or cut my hair since my wedding. Wow. That's awesome. I look fucking (laughs) insane. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fun game. I'll have to break that one out tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, break that out for your friends at a party or something. Um, All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Incredible. We'll be back next week with maybe something a little bit more lighthearted. We'll see, though. Um, uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Uh, by the way, the government definitely killed Martin Luther King. <laughs> it was a cigarette the whole time. <laughs> <laughs>